Hi, I'm Barry Lee with 92.5 Wink FM, excited to host the second season of the City of Winchester's podcast, The Ralph's Review. Twice each month on the second and fourth Thursday, we're going to be exploring city services, programs, and events, and discussing the information you need to know. So we hope you'll join us. Up first is our Council Bluff. That's bottom line upfront recap of the May 12th, 2020 Council meetings. Council adopted an ordinance to approve the city's FY21 budget beginning July 1st, 2020 and ending June 30th, 2021. At the regular meeting, Council held the first reading of an ordinance to delay the final three utility rate increases one year each due to the pandemic. In 2017, Council approved the series of five rate increases over a five-year period that started on July 1st, 2018. These rate increases were needed to pay for the significant amount of capital improvements that are in progress. The next rate increase, which was scheduled to go into effect on July 1st, 2020, is now delayed until July 1st, 2021. The ordinance will be included on the May 26th, 2020 regular meeting for a public hearing and official vote. Council further discussed proposed changes to a publicly sponsored zoning ordinance text amendment that was introduced at the April 28th, 2020 work session. The proposed text amendment will amend the planned unit development provisions to include density bonuses if proposed projects meet certain desired development criteria. Zoning staff believes that the bonus density amendment would help the city attract desirable development that includes sought-after amenities. The item will be included on the May 26, 2020 regular council meeting for a public hearing and official vote. Council voted to deny the real estate tax exemption or relief requests for property owned by the retired clergy housing corporation, Shenandoah Valley Community Residences, Age Response Effort, and Winchester Little Theater. At the work session, Public Services Director Perry Eisenach and representatives from VDOT's consultant, Kim Lee Horn, presented an overview of 11 proposed improvement concepts for South Pleasant Valley Road between Cork and Tevis Streets. Whether or not these improvement concepts are implemented and when will be up to City Council and the availability of funding. We'll discuss the proposed concepts and upcoming public input opportunities with Mr. Eisenach in the next segment of this broadcast. One public input opportunity is a virtual town hall on May 27th at 6 p.m., so stick around for the next segment for details. Mr. Eisenach will return to the June 23rd Council work session to provide the results of the public input period and to discuss funding applications. The Federal Transit Administration and the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation require all transit agencies that receive federal and state funds to have a written safety plan approved by the governing body. A consultant paid for by the FTA and the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation has prepared a safety plan for multiple transit agencies in Virginia, including Winchester Transit. Council reviewed the proposed safety plan and forwarded the associated resolution to the May 26, 2020 regular council meeting for official vote. For more information on these topics and to view the agenda packet, visit the City of Winchester website and click Council Meeting Agendas under the Government tab. As I mentioned in the Council Bluff, City Council reviewed 11 VDOT-recommended improvement concepts for South Pleasant Valley Road during the May 12th work session. To give us an overview of those improvements and next steps is the City's Public Services Director, Perry Eisenach. Perry, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Barry. It's always great to be here. So, Perry, I would imagine that most local residents and visitors are very familiar with South Pleasant Valley Road, as it is a major hub in the city for dining and shopping. So why did VDOT conduct the STAR study? 
You're right, South Pleasant Valley Road between Cork and Tevis is a very busy commercial route, but there are operational and safety issues. These safety issues are caused by heavy, heavy traffic volumes and numerous turning movements during peak times. VDOT initiated this STAR study period last summer. STARS actually stands for Strategically Targeted Affordable Roadway Solutions. The focus of the study is to make recommendations to improve safety and traffic flow. Earlier this year, VDOT launched a public input survey to gather feedback about safety and congestion concerns. Following the survey period, VDOT and their consultant, Kimley Horn, along with city staff and partners, came up with 11 potential improvement opportunities along this 2.2 mile stretch of roadway. Wow, 11 improvements in a little over two miles. So let's talk about some of the major improvements. What's being recommended to improve the intersection at Cork Street and South Pleasant Valley Road? At the Cork Street intersection, the recommendation is to add a northbound right turn lane, so traffic going north on Pleasant Valley that are turning right to go east onto Cork Street, and also a westbound dual left turn from Cork Street for the cars that are turning left onto Pleasant Valley. These improvements would help improve the flow of traffic. Okay, what about the Jubal Early Drive intersection? That's a high traffic area with many lanes traveling in a variety of directions. Yes, congestion is always a concern in this area. To help improve traffic flow, the recommendation is to add dual lefts on both westbound and eastbound Jubal Early turning left onto Pleasant Valley. These additional lanes will accommodate the high turning volumes from both the east and the west. Next intersection of concern may be Wingate Drive and Featherbed Lane. Now, there's not a lot of room between Featherbed and Jubal Early, but there's a lot going on in that area. Any improvements recommended there? Yes, there is, there is an, uh, improvements that are recommended there. Basically, it would consist of installing a raised concrete median on Pleasant Valley to restrict the left turn lanes to and from the commercial entrances. This would also allow us to extend both the southbound and northbound left turn lanes on Pleasant Valley at at this location. These improvements would greatly improve the safety there because there are numerous accidents and many near accidents almost every day at, at this location. Accessing the Martins commercial entrance can also be interesting during busy times, so what's being proposed there? Yes, turning left at that intersection coming out of the Martins onto Pleasant Valley um, during, especially during high traffic times is very difficult. So to help, Im- help improve the safety and flow in that area, the recommended improvement involves installing a raised island at the commercial entrance and exit to remove the option to be able to turn left onto Pleasant Valley coming out there. Anyone looking to turn left would need to go down to the Apple Blossom Corner um, intersection where there's a traffic signal light. Another difficult left turn during peak traffic times is at the Walmart entrance. Is the same improvement recommended there? Yes, the raised island at the entrance is recommended to allow right turns only coming out of the, the Walmart onto Pleasant Valley. Those traveling south on Pleasant Valley would still be able to turn left into the Walmart. 
That's all of the major intersections. I know there were a few others that we didn't cover. Where are the other areas that are being considered that we did not discuss? Uh, the other areas that, that are being uh, discussed include adding a possible roundabout and connection to Leicester Street, improving the safety at the intersection of Pleasant Valley and Parkview, removing a redundant crosswalk and extending the existing raised center median just north of Jubilurly, making improvements to the Patsy Cline and Adams Drive intersections, and also aligning the Nolan property access with Winchester Station if the area is redeveloped. Wow, this is a lot to take in. So where can people go to get more information about the improvement recommendations? I'll take that one, Perry. This is Amy Simmons, the Communications Director of the City. We have information about each of the 11 improvement areas on the city's website on the city projects webpage. We also will be creating a few videos to better illustrate the recommendations and those will be posted soon on the website. Also on May 27th at 6 p.m. we will be hosting a virtual town hall to go over the proposed improvements and to answer any questions the residents may have. There will also be an online survey that will be asking for feedback on the recommendations from the public. In addition, the presentation and video from the May 12th Council meeting is available on the City's Agenda portal. Plus, VDOT has offered to take any questions that could be answered with the provided materials. Awesome. So there's lots of options for people to get more information. Exactly. And after this public education and feedback period, we will be returning to City Council at the work session on June 23rd to discuss the 11 potential improvement projects in more detail as well as possible VDOT funding applications to help pay for some of the more pressing improvements. If council approves the funding applications, what then? I mean, how long until you know if they are approved, and then how long until we could see work being done on Pleasant Valley? For any of the new funding applications, we will not hear back if they are approved until sometime in 2021. Depending on the project and the type of VDOT funding, Construction on some improvements could begin as soon as a few years, while others may take five years or longer before construction begins. Certainly, we want to proceed as quickly as we can, but some of the VDOT's funding, especially smart-scale funds, may not be available for another five years. Thanks a lot, Perry. Good luck. Doesn't sound like this is going to be a quick fix. Unfortunately, it will not be a quick fix, as roadway improvements take time. But improving traffic flow and safety is one of the highest priority for the residents in the city as well as city council. So we will be working diligently to make the improvements as soon as possible. Next up on our Rouse Review is the Now You Know segment where we talk about interesting City of Winchester facts that you may not be aware of or important information that you need to know. This week's segment focuses on Phase 1 of the Governor's Forward Virginia reopening plan. Governor Ralph Northam recently released guidelines for preparing for and implementing Phase 1 with the signing of Executive Order 61. Many of the restrictions put in place by Executive Order 53 will remain in place in Phase 1, except the stay-at-home order. It will change to a safer at-home strategy. The Phase 1 strategy, which goes into effect on May 15th, continues the ban on social gatherings of more than 10 people and maintains recommendations for social distancing, teleworking, and wearing face coverings. All businesses should make modifications to maintain six feet of physical distancing for patrons, increase cleaning and sanitization of high-contact surfaces, and provide enhanced workplace safety measures. 
Retail establishments will be allowed to operate at 50% occupancy. Restaurant and beverage establishments may offer outdoor dining at 50% occupancy. Personal grooming services may begin operating with one patron per service provider. And fitness centers may offer outdoor exercise services. Places of worship have had a 10-person limit and have been allowed to hold drive-in services. In Phase 1, drive-in services may continue and services may be held inside at 50% capacity. Entertainment and public amusement venues will remain closed and beaches will continue to be open only for exercise and fishing. Child care centers remain open for children of working families. Phase 1 guidelines for specific sectors are available at virginia.gov slash coronavirus slash forward Virginia. The CDC has also provided reopening guidance for cleaning and disinfecting public spaces, businesses, workplaces, schools, and homes. Visit the CDC or the city's COVID-19 websites for details. The EPA and CDC has also provided guidance on how to ensure that your building's water quality is ready for reopening after a prolonged closure. Stagnant water can be unsafe to drink or use. Turning on water for immediate use after it's been stagnant for a long period of time can pose a risk to public health if not managed properly. Visit the city's coronavirus webpage for more information and links. Well, if you didn't know before, now you know. Last but not least, here are a few resources that might be helpful to you as the state continues to practice social distancing. The city's pop-up market, in partnership with Cisco, is open for online orders of meat, vegetables, and household supplies. Check the market's Shopify site for availability order deadlines, and pickup times. The Winchester Pop-Up Market provides a convenient option for household staples with drive through pickup in Jim Barnett Park. City Council and several boards have provided an online public comment form as an option for addressing the public body during virtual meetings. Any comments received for public hearing items on the agenda will be read aloud during the meeting. All other comments will be added to the agenda packet for review. Visit the city's online agenda portal for a link to the form. This month, emergency benefits are available to Virginia Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, participants. The Virginia Department of Social Services will issue the emergency benefits to any household not already receiving the maximum benefits and who are not currently repaying a prior over-issuance of SNAP benefits. Individuals seeking to apply for SNAP benefits may apply online through Common Help at commonhelp.virginia.gov or by calling 855-635-4370. The Virginia Department of Social Services will now provide pandemic EBT benefits to families of school-age children who no longer have access to free or reduced-price school meals due to the public school closures. This program provides temporary food assistance to cover the cost of meals missed while schools are closed. In the city of Winchester, 2,637 children will receive pandemic EBT benefits. Visit the latest news page on the city's website for details. Get streamlined access to actionable resources including food assistance, health care, child care, Virginia tax guidance, paid sick leave and furlough obligations for businesses, and more by downloading the Virginia Department of Social Services new COVID-19 Virginia Resources app. Visit covid.virginia.gov. That's C-O-V-I-D dot Virginia spelled out dot gov. 
Absentee voting by mail and in person is allowed for the June 23rd election. Visit the Virginia Department of Elections website or winchestervagovernor slash vote for details. And last but not least, submit service or public records requests to city staff or search the database of frequently asked questions with the city's online 311 portal. Visit winchestervagovernor slash knowledge base or download the city's mobile app to use City 311. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Rouse Review Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Barry Lee with 92.5 Wink FM. We'll be back on the fourth Thursday in May at 5 p.m. So long for now. Stay safe.